Welcome to the Weekly Investment Outlook podcast from Deutsche Bank's International Private Bank, looking at the most important issues for investors in the week ahead. Hello again and welcome to another CIO Weekly Investment Outlook podcast. You're with Stuart Haslam as usual and I'm back with Dirk Stefan, our global investment strategist. Dirk, how are you today? I'm good, but I think the markets could do better. Certainly could, couldn't it? What an interesting week and a, a difficult week, wasn't it, really, on stock markets uh, last week? I'm looking at headlines here uh, from the Financial Times, actually, saying global stocks in a steep weekly retreat after central bank rate rises. I mean, it's got to be the first topic for you and me today, isn't it? How did you uh, assess the central bank activity last week and how that impacted the markets? I mean, it was uh, an extremely busy week for central bank action. So, of course, the um, the most important one uh, was in the US, where we actually got the yeah the steepest hike uh, since many many years, actually since 1994, and that was of course something that uh, was uh, moving markets a lot. Uh, to be honest with you, a lot of that had been priced in in a few days before that because we got this disappointment on the US inflation. Uh, which actually surprised to the upside once again. Uh, so, so the market had been more or less prepared for that, but this preparation involved actually stock market losses and and also some further uh, increases in yields in the US. Uh, if if I may, there was a sorry for that, but it's taken a bit longer than usual this answer because we had so many more central banks that had been active last week. Of course, go uh, ahead. The, yeah, so it. Really like the ECB, you know, that was uh, something we don't get every month, like an, um, an ad hoc meeting. So that wasn't on the agenda. And uh, they, they basically had to come um, to, to get together in order to discuss the disruptions in the Eurozone bond markets. And what they came up with, I think, was, uh, was really stabilizing in nature, at least uh, for, for the next few weeks and then quarters. Maybe not immediately, but um, because they they are really committed to do something and take action against the how they call it uh, the fragmentation of the eurozone bond markets, and that involves actually to uh, to to use some more flexibility in terms of the reinvestment strategy of the pandemic bond buying program, and they are they also have a task force that will investigate a potentially new program. To, to actually uh, use it specifically for restabilization of uh, some, some parts of the Eurozone bond markets that are not doing well. Um, yeah, and then and I want to stop if I could on that one in particular, because um, for, I think for our listeners, for me also, actually, it's really interesting to hear what sort of impact those discussions have had. Did we see an immediate impact and how does that look um, to investors as we navigate the bond markets in you know, the coming weeks? I mean, interestingly enough, the I would say the, the the news that they are about to do something is already having an impact on markets before they buy any bonds. So I think that's that's the most important thing to to keep in mind. That happens if you, when you you probably remember when when Mario Draghi said uh, back ten years ago, actually in London in two thousand. Uh, in 2012, that uh, the ECB would do whatever it takes to to save the eurozone, right, or the, the common currency. Indeed. And he didn't he didn't actually buy a single bond, so the impact was immediate for the markets. And, uh, and this time around, I mean, it was less. 
less dramatic, I would say it was just a two-page uh, brief memo where they stated this, these facts uh, I just mentioned. And, uh, but it did lead to, uh, to actually declines in yields in, in the periphery, uh, like, like in Italy, because there was already a market discussion about, uh, you know, can, can actually the, the periphery in Europe take these, uh, these global rises in yields? And uh, so I think it was important that we got this statement from the ECB, and we did yeah. see already market impact. Yes, indeed. No, look, thanks for laying that out. I need to move quickly here because... There's something that I really want to discuss, particularly in front of our listeners today, and that is a, a report that was issued last week by your office, um, uh, which is called, I'll go straight to the headline, Keep a Firm Hold, our 2022 update. And this notion of keeping a firm hold, I think the representation was of long-term objectives um, and understanding uh, deep risk management strategies you know, and using them appropriately for an investment strategy. That, that's what I'd really like to ask you about right now, Dirk, if, if you could give our listeners a sense of, of that report and how investors and, and, and customers should be positioning themselves for the second half of 2022. Yeah, I think we need to be very disciplined, of course, and uh, that's even more so the case in, in a year, a capital market year, which hasn't been around for quite a while, right? So uh, we are, we're dealing with uh, one of the fiercest bond market sell-offs in over the last uh, three, four decades. And uh, also the, the levels of inflation are um, elevated to such an extent that we have to go out 30, 40, 50 years out. So actually uh, in Germany, we got the highest inflation print uh, since the year I was born. So uh, that was in 1973. So that, of course, means that we need to we need to adjust uh, to these markets. The markets themselves need uh, need time to digest uh, these regime changes uh, we see coming. And uh, it's also important, I guess, uh, to to not get carried away with extreme pessimism uh, just because the market is down, right? So uh, we need to 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 adjust, but we we also at the same time, um, you know, besides the all-important risk management, we really need to see where the opportunities are. Um, and I think we, we need, need to invest repeatedly and not just, uh, no, it shouldn't be a zero one decision. And, but we need to be very disciplined to deal with this changed uh, environment. Yeah, sure. You know, we've talked in previous podcasts, you and I, Dirk, about looking for, for circuit breakers, looking for opportunities to, to buy in. I like the way that you laid that out, just a, a continuation of a very disciplined strategy. So if I could just Pull you up on the circuit breaker comments again from previous weeks. Are we beyond that now? Is this a, a broader trend of, of downward markets? Or, or, or can you give um, a, a little bit more positivity to the outlook of, uh, of, for the markets? I mean, just, just to, you know, to, to sum, sum it up once again. So we see mainly three areas where the circuit breaker might come from. So one is the central banks. Number two is the bond market itself. And number three is China. And we, uh, we clearly didn't get any help from the central banks. So central banks really tried to outhawk each other, as I like to say. So uh, for now, not much help here, maybe uh, except for the ECB comments on the fragmentation of the Eurozone bond markets. And then um, the second one, we maybe that got missed over the last um, few days, but uh, we do see just some some very tepid, you know, just um, very cautious tries of stabilization on the bond market. Uh, this would be uh, very important for the stock market then, because especially growth 
growth stocks um, that are mainly present also in the US uh, really need uh, some stabilization uh, on the bond market to actually start performing again. So that's in the making, hopefully. And then the third um, area is China. And here, here we actually did uh, get some better news than expected. For instance, the exports uh, numbers uh, that actually beat expe expectations. So um, we got a year-over-year -year plus 16% number there. And that is actually just telling you that uh, these, um, these uh, gradual reopenings in China might then uh, help also the global economy because it uh, probably will then help uh, all these supply side issues we are facing and which in turn, you know, it's all related, which in turn are the main problem for the central banks. So I guess um, circuit breaker number two and three are maybe in the making. China's probably the most obvious one, which is uh, doing a bit better than, than compared to a month ago. Yeah, okay. Well, look, thank you. You're always considered one of the more optimistic CIOs in our office, and I'm very glad that you point that out for our uh, colleagues, friends, and listeners on this podcast. Dirk, just to finish off, um, what about data points? You know, we always like to talk about the, the those key aspects that uh, market participants need to be aware of in the week ahead. Is there one or two that you think we need to pay particularly close attention to? Well, there's a bit of data on the U.S. housing market next week, uh, so there are myriads of indicators so you can watch. But this is probably one. Uh, one of the, the areas you, you want to be looking at because of these, um, you know, the, the, the financing costs that have risen and the potential problems uh, for the U.S. housing market. Uh, then we have actually the flash estimates uh, for the PMIs, um, also especially in the Eurozone, where we will see we actually do see a, a bit of a relief on the supply side, but which is probably a bit too early to, to expect that for now. Uh, but uh, that would be interesting to watch. And especially then, as we're talking about Europe, um, about the services sectors, as we are um, heading uh, you know, towards the summer months and uh, all the tourism activities. So that, that could be a good one, actually. And finally, as I'm German, you know, I'm especially keen to, to mention to you the IFO. IFO, I don't know how you say that in English, the IFO uh, Institute a Business Climate on Friday which might uh, then probably be one, one of the more important gauges for, for the global economy because German uh, companies are so, so active globally. So that's indeed, probably indeed. Uh, the week we have. Yeah, look, we look forward to, uh, to seeing those numbers throughout the course of the week. As usual, Dirk, thank you so much for joining us. And to all of our listeners, uh, it's a pleasure to be speaking to you again on this CIO Weekly Investment Outlook podcast with Stuart Haslam and this week, Dirk Stefan. Have an excellent week, everyone, and bye for now. This podcast may be considered marketing material. The value of an investment can fall as well as rise, and you might not get back the amount you originally invested. The services described in this podcast are provided by Deutsche Bank AG or by its subsidiaries and or affiliates in accordance with appropriate local legislation and regulation. Deutsche Bank AG is subject to comprehensive supervision by the European Central Bank, ECB, by Germany's Federal Financial Supervisory Authority, BaFin, and by Germany's central bank, Deutsche Bundesbank. Brokerage services in the United States are offered through Deutsche Bank Securities Incorporated, a broker-dealer and registered investment advisor which conducts investment banking and securities activities in the United States. Deutsche Bank Securities Incorporated is a member of FINRA, NYSE and SIPC. Lending and banking services in the United States are offered through Deutsche Bank Trust Company Americas, member FDIC and other members of the Deutsche Bank Group. 
The product, services, information and or materials referred to within this podcast may not be available for residents of certain jurisdictions. Copyright 2021, Deutsche Bank AG and or its subsidiaries. All rights reserved. This podcast may not be used, reproduced, copied or modified without the written consent of Deutsche Bank AG.